Hi, on this episode of K12 Tech Talk, it's the listener feedback episode. We have three listeners that have emailed us with questions ranging from uh, scripting tools to hacker students and Chromebook uh, life cycles. We also talk about generic Windows accounts in our security segment. Have a listen. Hey, what's up? This is K-12 Tech Talk with Chris and Josh. We are just two dudes that work in K-12, uh, and we're just hanging out. And we do have a special guest again with us, Corey. Are you there, hey, Corey? Hi. Oh, I, didn't, I thought that was just the intro. It's, I'm sorry. It's okay. This is why you're a guest. <laughs> yeah. You haven't, you haven't picked up on how we flow yet. I'm here. It's, it's, you just keep in mind, this is a tryout, Corey. So we're going to call this episode, I guess, our, our listener feedback episode, right, Chris? Yeah, it's been crazy. We've gotten a couple emails from people, so we're going we're gonna to chuck through them and, and try to act like we know what we're talking about. Yeah. So the first one um, I got, it was, oh, it's probably been close to a week or so ago. Um, Dallas emailed me, and he, was, uh, he has a question, and we're going to play it for you here in a second. Um, but the interesting thing about Dallas, and you're going to notice this when we play his question, um, he's from Australia. And that kind of blew, <laughs> that blew Chris and I away that we uh, run episode four and we have an international reach of our podcast and we have a listener that submitted an MP3 format question for us to answer. From That's down it. under. Is, from he, down is under. his name Dallas or his, he's from his, Dallas? No, his, his first name is Dallas. <laughs> Dallas from Australia. Dallas from Australia, and he works in a school in Australia. Do you guys have an Australian accent? No. I bet Corey does. The dingo ate your baby. (laughs) Well, we just lost Dallas as a listener. (laughs) All right. What was his question? (laughs) Well, hang on. I'll hit play. Hi, everyone. I'm Dallas. I listen from Australia. I had a question for you. I've run into a couple of instances where students have been booting into Kali Linux or other network pen testing tools uh, to have a poke around and see what they can get to on our networks. I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. Is this a common thing or a unique instance? Thanks. So great question, Dallas. Um, I actually did have an experience with this where I had a student booting to, I don't think it was Kali Linux. It was some other live CD format in a lab um, and was, was booting and looking at registry entries and found um, our VNC password in the registry for the device. Um, and he self-reported, he, he took it upon himself to, to email me, found me in the directory and emailed me and said, Hey, I did this. So I immediately went over, pulled him into the counselor's office and we had a discussion and said, you know, thanks for pointing this out, but don't do it again. Well, he did it again about two weeks later. Um, we had another discussion. It's like, look, we've given you a warning. We said, don't do it. You did it again. If you do it again, there will be repercussions for violating the tech policy, acceptable use policy and whatnot. Um, we ended up, this kid, um, he just needed a little bit of guidance and, you know, the, the saying, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. We ended up having this kid work in our department an hour a day as part of like a work study program. 
Um, he didn't have any real rights to anything, but we made him more or less a gopher. We had, you know, if a device needed to be moved from one building to another, or he needed to pick up, we had a broken device somewhere that he needed to pick up. Um, and he got to hang out with us for an hour a day. And it was, it was interesting. It was good to have a high school kid in our office. So we kind of knew what was going on in the high school tech wise that kids were saying, cause he would constantly tell us stuff. Um, so yeah, that was experience. And, and so that was a learning experience for me, Corey, I think you knew about this. Um, we, after that, we went around and put BIOS passwords on every device in our environment, which we didn't have before because no one ever really thought this was going to be an issue. Um, but I come to find out, I think Corey, you guys already had BIOS passwords, right? Yeah. So I'm a, at a previous district I worked at, we, uh, me and a coworker walked into a lab one day and I mean, this is a long time ago, a decade ago, and I walked into a computer lab and we just kind of, we looked around and saw this desktop and like, man, that looks like Windows, but that's not Windows. Um, so we actually just kind of hung around in the, the lab, kind of like looked like we were working, but really we're just spying. Uh, and then we see a kid uh, pop a disc out of the desktop and then reboot, and then we watch it boot into normal Windows. Uh, so it's pretty immediately we knew we had a problem and come to find out uh, several kids in that lab were were uh, booting off live CDs. One of them even tried to, r to run off crack and successfully gained one of the uh, one of the uh, <coughs> local administrator passwords. Uh, oh wow! We, ca we caught him and called him into the office. We just said, "Hey, tell us what the password is." He said it out loud. We're like, "Oh boy!" Uh, so then, <laughs> luckily, that was a password we were phasing out anyways. It was not used on very many computers left. So that district, we adopted the the bio go. Uh, you know, lots of BIOS down. And then yeah. we had interns at the time and we actually, that's, they would come in in the evening and work after school, like three to nine or something like that. And for weeks, that's all they did. Uh, Cause it was a large district. And so that's all they would go around and set BIOSes up. And then, you know, I, you know, I inherited that. Uh, and so when I went to West County, that's something I implemented. Um, and so, you know, doing it, when you're imaging computers is easy doing it retroactively is actually a pretty big task, but yeah. obviously it's pretty important. Yeah. It was a giant pain in the butt for us. I was going to say when we, when we did that, we did it uh, when, when, when we set BIOS passwords, we did it over summer as well. And then we ended up doing it like Corey said, as, as things were imaged, but as we bought new machines, you know, now it's just a part of the process and it's not a big deal, but but right. yeah, to, to go back, it was a big task to take on. Well, and part of the problem we found out with setting BIOS passwords, I, we had generated a random character string of like 10 characters or whatever. Well, someone mistake a zero for an O or vice versa. So some of our passwords were one thing and some of the passwords on some machines, like a third of them were completely something else. So yeah, it's, it's, it was a disaster. Josh, I do have a question for you. You said you caught him. Two weeks later, did he self-report again? No. So I'm trying to remember how that happened. Someone came to me and said this kid was crowing that he was doing something again. So I, gotcha. I, I got him out of class and pulled him into the counselor's office again. Um, so, yeah, it, it turned out to be a non-issue. He was, he was pretty scared when I pulled him out. So At our high school, uh, we do – uh, it's an email address. It's bug bounty uh, at our, uh, you know, 
district. Uh, and we, we tell the high school kids, you know, if there's a website that they know they shouldn't get to that they can, or if there's something that they can do on the computer that they know that they shouldn't, uh, if they'll email that, that bug bounty uh, email address, uh, I, that, that, you know, is an alias under me. And so that goes to me. I look at those emails once a month. Sometimes there'll be, you know, three to five emails in there. Some months there's nothing. Uh, but I, I treat that thing kind of like, a, I mean, I, I like, we talked about like November Technology Security Awareness Month in a previous episode. I like making stuff into like a contest or like giving out prizes. So I give a prize to the kid that reports something that we, if they report something that makes me have to fix something, uh, I'll have that kid come down to the tech office and we'll give them like a gift card to a local restaurant or something. That's cool. What are, what are some of the examples that they reported? Mostly websites that they shouldn't be able to get to. Uh, uh, that's probably been the most popular thing. And, and some of it ends up being, you know, where I don't necessarily care, you know, like a gaming website that they think should be blocked, you know, that, that kind of thing. But I mean, we've had a couple of kids, like, like you said, those kids that you actually want to be on your side for sure. Uh, yeah. like settings on their Chromebook, uh, that we didn't have them. And the, again, this is years ago when we were new to Chromebooks. So settings that we were still allowing like a kid to manage, uh, that yeah. we didn't have locked down. There was a kid that would always be the one when Chrome would come out with something new if we didn't have it locked down like he thought it should be you know he would he would let us know which i appreciate you know emails from students like i think that's awesome that we can have that kind of relationship yeah no i agree so do you have a live cd story i just remember years and years ago there was a kid uh and it was back with a lime wire and he had a jump drive that he brought in. And I remember, uh, I think it was Sonic Wall at the time. I started getting emails from Sonic Wall saying that LimeWire traffic was happening. And I remoted into that computer and like we fought over the mouse. You know, because <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't, I remember I couldn't see like who the user was. So I was trying to like click on start and like see who it was. And we were fighting over you know, who had control. And then he, I, I remember he jerked the jump drive out really quick and I had to try to get up to the lab and figure out who was in there and that kind of thing. Interesting. Did you get him? I got him. <laughs> I always get him. Oh, boy. oh yeah, I'm sure you do. Okay. So question number two, um, by the way, Dallas, thank you very much for emailing us to begin with and thank yeah, you for awesome. listening. Um, please share with your cohorts there in Australia and um, feel free to email us or have them email us. Um, it's pretty cool hearing from a, a listener that far away. Hey, Corey, hit us with something one more time. But, no, that's all I had. How about some <laughs> shrimp on the barbie, Corey? Come on. Uh, that's all I had. Come on. We're, we're I don't not, even know that phrase. Throw some shrimp. You've seen Dumb and Dumber. Yes. You know the, the shrimp on the Barbie phrase. No, I don't. We'll come back to that. Okay. Um, so we've got another question from Warren, who is in another school district here in Missouri. Um, we He brought up a point about Google Lifecycle and them charging more for the Google management license. But his, his point is, you know, there is an advantage to this. With, with Google expanding their, their support cycle or life cycle for footprints, it, is it out of the realm of possibilities for districts to start looking at a footprint that is two years old, knowing or expecting if this device lasts me three years, 
which will be inside the year or the, the support life cycle. And I can get three good years out of it and I get it for a better price because it is two years old. Is that, is that an advantage? And I, I emailed Warren back right away and I said, that is a brilliant idea that I hadn't thought of. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. I mean, we, we try uh, to buy, so we do a three-year life cycle with our student Chromebooks. So we try to buy the model that's getting ready uh, to be done. So like we, I, Josh, I know you hate Lenovo, but we love Lenovo. So we, we've been buying Lenovo. Well, Lenovo either it's like now or in the next month, they announce the new stuff. So we try to buy the current model because it's usually getting cheaper. Uh, you know, cause I don't care about the brand new thing. Like I'm right. cool with buying, but I'm, I've always had that thought, like I'm good with buying the thing that's not yet old, but it's, it's, you know, almost old, but this is a great idea of like, you know, why am I even playing a game like that? I, I could just wait and, and actually, you know, this makes refurbished or, uh, you know, buying from, from, you know, a, a company like that, it starts to make better sense. If, I don't know if, that if, I would if make you're trying to get your price refurb. going. Oh yeah. I don't know that I would make the jump to refurb with this idea, but definitely the idea of buying something that's two years old that, you know, has been sitting in a reseller, you know, Firefly calls and says, Hey, I've got a hell, I've got a hell of a deal on HP G G fives because they've been sitting in the warehouse for two years. We're going to give them to you for X dollars, which is way cheaper than you can buy anything else. Yep. It, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. Corey, what do you think? I mean, I don't know what a footprint is, but if oh we're talking my. about like a like an older device, yeah. I mean, we us similar to Central, we always, uh, especially like back when the Lenovo had the N series, like the N twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Uh, I remember like when each of the newer series would come out, the vendor at the time would be like, "Hey, just so you know, we have last year's models still at a significant discount." So I mean, I can only imagine, you know, two years would be a very significant discount i mean i would be curious if, if that caught on how much third-party sellers like like firefly for example could keep quantities up but uh right but yeah i mean it's not with that with that new eight-year cycle that's i mean how could that be misconstrued as a bad idea because it's not is it a, is it a six-year cycle or an eight-year cycle i thought it was six i think it's eight jeez jeepers that's crazy so, and I think it's worth mentioning, um, you know, I do bag on Lenovo heavily and that's due to the experience that we had with the 100E. There's a little bit of an update to that. Um, I had a conversation with um, their critical situation case manager yesterday, as a matter of fact, and it seems like we might have some movement on the Lenovo front on taking ownership there of you these go. 100E issues. Um, I won't say we're in the clear yet, but they... They seem like they are going to make an effort. So uh, I was more than happy to bag on them. I will be more than happy to say what they do to fix this in the future. So full disclosure. Love it. Um, yeah, I mean, to get a little off track real quick, I mean, we're we're Leno half Lenovo. I say half Lenovo, half HPs. I mean, the HPs, our Lenovos are old too. Like our newest Lenovo is an N23, which is what, four, three or yeah. four years old now. And, yeah. and our HPs are the G5s or G6s. But, I mean, so the devices got better, but we didn't have a problem with either, really. Like, the N22 and N21, I mean, the build quality would be a little suspect. 
but I mean, I'm not sure that's not just the which, Chromebooks getting old. Which one was it that had the cameras catching on fire? Was that the N21s? Uh, we have not experienced that. Ours is more of like we've had the, quite a few hinges break, but I'm not the, sure. The, the camera hinges? The, uh, no, just like the hinge itself. That was the problem. I think there's a district up here by me that had a bunch of the N21s, because those were the ones with the swivel camera, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they had kids breaking those, and it was causing a short in the cables that would go to the camera, and they would end up smoking because they would short out. That was, that was like a serious problem that they were having. But we didn't have any N21s, so. We still have a bunch. Do you? Yeah. How much longer are they under support then? Uh, I think till 2021 now, which yes. is ridiculous. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Because that's okay. one of those that we talked out bef- that, that we talked about before where like Google had announced a particular yeah. year and then they changed it. Yeah. The G- we have a bunch of G4s that are that way. I believe the N21 was originally 2019, if wow. I'm not mistaken. And then it's been extended Twice. one year and then it got extended another year. Yeah. Which is yeah. annoying. Yeah, it is because, you know, you, you start looking at your life cycle a couple of years out anyway, or at least I do, with at least a, a rough idea of knowing, okay, I know these are going to drop out of support. We need to think about replacing these. And then they change it. You know, it, it, it's a double-edged sword, by definitely. You know, that frees up some money that you can spend in other places. But also, you still have a four-, or five-, six-year-old device in an environment that needs to get replaced. So... Are those going home, Corey? No, ours do not. Yeah. Ours do just, they're at a uh, elementary building, so they can go home as the teacher directs. So who manages those inventories then? Uh, the, the teacher. So, like, we, I mean, we assign them to, the, each, to each student, uh, but then the cases that they come with, those are assigned to the teacher. So she'll take, like, 20-something cases or whatever. Yeah. So then she decides, you know, if little Johnny is working on an essay that he can bring it home. Uh, How many you know, elementary or, kids do you have working on essays? Our, I mean, our fifth graders. Oh. oh, okay. I didn't realize fifth grade was in your elementary. Yep, yep, yep. And then, okay. like, so fourth and fifth, they can take them home as the teacher directs. And then we actually allow third grade if the teacher directs and the principal also approves. So usually that's like, you know, the kid's going to be homebound for a while, you know, that kind of right. stuff. Right. Right. Interesting. So we have one more uh, listener submitted question. This is from Adam, who from the email, Chris, I get the impression that he either he works at Rutgers or at least interns in IT at Rutgers um, at University. Chris, would you like to share, share where that is? Well, it's New Brunswick, which <laughs> I mean, I quick Google search that. And I, I mean, I just did. It's one of the four Atlantic provinces on the east coast of Canada. <laughs> but, but, but you guys seem to think it's in New Jersey. It is in New Jersey. <laughs> Rutgers, <laughs> Rutgers University is in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Like, right? I was excited. Like, we got Australia, we got Canada. And <laughs> <laughs> Missouri. And I just burst your bubble. We don't I mean, have New Jersey's Canada. still cool. And it's close to Canada, too. Well, sure, closer than Missouri, sure. 
Um, so he, he had a question about automated, automated scripts with PowerShell. Um, do you think, do we think that that is a practice to learn or at least become familiar with? And also are interns a good idea in tech departments? Do you guys want to start this one off? I'll start. Okay. Uh, so I don't, I'm not heavy into scripting. Um, I kind of never have been. And then at my current district, we have a, a management system called Kaseya. So I, it handles a lot of the scripting I think somebody else would have to do manually. I mean, it, it builds a lot of that stuff in. So on a day-to-day, -day, I don't have to, you know, script a lot of stuff. And then we actually have a technology intern through a local area college. Um, it's something Chris started, I guess, seven years ago. And we've had, um, we've had it ever since. And it's been, it's been a phenomenal program. Uh, one, it's been great for the district because it's helped. Uh, you know, they average around 20 hours a week. And then two, it's been our, our program has been very successful. Uh, Chris has a worker that came from our intern program. Another area school district has a, a person in their technology pro department that came from our internship program. We've had two go to work for colleges and then one's a Java programmer. So like ours, ours has been very, very successful. We actually had one of them write to our school board and I didn't even know. He wrote a letter to our superintendent and the superintendent read it to the school board on how he appreciated the job so much and that the reason he got the career he has now is because of the internship. And I, I didn't even know my super called me the next day, like, Hey, just so you know, I got this letter and I wanted you to know, I read it to the school board. And I like, that's fantastic. Awesome. Did he have mean things to say about you? No, no. Work? I mean, most of it was how awesome I was and that, you know, <laughs> just he appreciated everything I'd done and like I was a best friend slash father figure, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, I thought he was going to talk about how you steal all the chips and snore. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, so I, we, I actually use a lot of scripts. Um, I have an, a PowerShell script that creates all my user ID, my user accounts for both Active Directory and Gmail using GAM for Gmail. Um, I export a, a CSV file <coughs> out of our HR system and a CSV file out of our student record system and it, it parses that information and compares existing accounts to new accounts and creates only the accounts that need to be created and then puts them in the right OUs and right security group memberships. Um, that took me, I stole about half of it from a, um, a resource online and then added a bunch of stuff to it to fit our environment. So I think PowerShell is definitely a tool to at least become familiar with scripting wise. Um, <clears throat> Corey, one of your old coworkers is very good at PowerShell and has quite a few scripts, I think, um, to do some stuff. So uh, it's not something that's going to go away. It's I think it's definitely worth being exposed to. Um, and as far as interns go, we, we've had a similar uh, arrangement and experience. We have a local community, community college up here that we, when we need it, um, we have hired a part-time intern, quote unquote, to work in our department. Um, I think I've had four and three of them are still working in IT. Uh, we hired one full-time for a period of time, but he left and got a better job. Um, one of them is working as a security officer or security engineer for a um, security firm in St. Louis. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been good. And, and originally we, we did it selfishly to get more help 
because we didn't have approval for a full-time position. So we hired this on as a half-time position just to get more human boots on the ground kind of help. And it worked out because they got experience and we got somebody in the office. So um, they're, they're definitely, I think, worth having. Chris, do you have any strong feelings? Uh, well, just on PowerShell, I'm like Corey. We use Kaseya that does a lot of automation and scripting. Kaseya uh, I, for life. I have a, <laughs> I have a tattoo. Uh, I, I, I did ask uh, Mike, who's my network administrator, about PowerShell because, you know, I don't really do anything here. I, I just automate things, and hopefully everybody does the jobs around me. But he no, said he uses – you don't automate things. You delegate things. That's whatever, whatever. But he uses PowerShell. He thinks it's completely practical to learn. And it's like, it's like anything nowadays. Like you can Google it and you're going to find, you don't have to reinvent oh, yeah. the wheel. Uh, yeah. You might have to tweak it for your environment, but it's, it's, it's good stuff. With interns, I mean, I agree with what you guys said. I, I always, the only thing I ever thought of a negative was when you have an intern to fill your need for man hours, uh, sometimes I felt like I was shooting myself in the foot to get, you know, actual legit help uh, because I was proving that an intern could do the job when, you know what, I would have rather had had a technician actually be hired. Uh, so I just think you, you have to be careful with what you delegate to interns. Uh, but for sure, it's great experience for them. And, and of course they can do all kinds of grunt work and, you know, they're going to do whatever you tell them to do because they're just there you know, to learn. Yeah, I, and, and they get experience because, and I'm sure you guys, it, it's the same, it was the same way for you guys when you were first getting into IT. It, it's a lot to get that first job. And especially if you don't have experience, it's even harder to get that first job. So if we can do something to kind of let these, these guys that are trying to get in IT get at least part-time experience, internship experience or whatever, that's a lot for a resume. You know, that, that really stands out in a resume. And Corey, you already talked about that. One of yours wrote that letter. Um, so I, I mean, I think it's, it's definitely worthwhile doing if you have the resources. And I think we all three also have shared recently that it's getting harder and harder to find those interns, right? You, Corey, you just had to fill a position and you only had a handful of applicants. That, that's right. Um, yeah, we, had, we filled a position in the fall, October, November, something like that. And, yeah, we just had a, a very few uh, apply. Yeah, and, and when I filled the last full-time position that I had open in our office, I think we had probably six candidates, but only really one or two had valuable experience that was worthwhile looking at. So it's, I think the more folks that we can get experience early on in their collegiate career, the better off they are and we we get some manpower too so chris you want to move on to our security segment sure so this is the security segment brought to you by no one but we are <laughs> looking for sponsors and we would love to talk you up so give us an email on that but uh let's talk about our generic student accounts okay so talking about like windows computers uh or like Chromeboxes being in kiosk mode. Uh, do you think generic student accounts are okay? Um, I'll go first. I'll, I'll admit we still have um, a handful of labs that are generic accounts. And my rationale so far, I agree generic accounts are bad <clears throat> in, in the normal environment or in a normal situation or 
when a person of privilege is using that account. Um, but student accounts, there's not, they have zero access. They're a restricted user. We don't have network ride shares to have access to them. All they're really doing is using that computer to get to the applications installed on that device. Um, we, we have them. And, and I mean, maybe that'll change in the future, but right now that's the easiest way for us to give access to certain devices to students easily. Is that across all grade levels? No, it's primarily at the high school. It's, and it's really only our business labs. Okay. Um, so we, all of our students, middle school, which is sixth grade and up, have active directory accounts. But having said that, we do have a handful of generic accounts still. Um, some of them are for clubs, like we have after school clubs that, you know, a photography club is an example where they have a, they have a map drive. And so they share, they share a login to get to this map drive. Um, and then, yeah, there's, there's been a couple, one is for map testing. So, and that's for the middle school. And because a lot of the middle schoolers, um, they don't use their windows account all year long because it's mostly Chromebooks, but then they go to this lab to map test on a windows device and I have no idea what their password is. So then we why created they- a why are Go they ahead. going to a, they have Chromebooks. Why are they going to a Windows lab to map test? It's actually just because of the way the building is. Um, the building has one lab that's 30 computers and it's not used most of the day and it just kind of sits there. And so they just, during map testing, they find that they just, you know, the teacher uh, just basically will put a group of kids in there because we don't, we're not one-to-one there. So we don't have oh, Chromebooks. gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah. So gotcha. that's the reason we're not one to one, and so the kids are going there and have no idea. Uh, we learned that the hard way year one, where the first day of testing was, uh, and so we we spun up a generic account that's just for basically map testing purposes. Uh, but like Josh said, all of our generic accounts are, and we even we even lessen a generic account's internet rights. So like a, a high school kid, for example, they have access to YouTube, but if they would use a generic account to get on the computer, YouTube is blocked. So, it, you know, it entices them to use their own account. Interesting. And then Chris. we have uh, at the high school and middle school, we have a couple of Chrome boxes uh, that, you know, go to a public session in kiosk mode. And that's to fill out, like, if they're needing a loan or Chromebook. Uh, so that has limited Internet access. And then besides that, just in one elementary uh, lab, uh, we have generic accounts because those are Windows computers. So the lab teacher you know, has them log in with this generic account. But like you guys, it's limited on computer stuff. They can't get to network shares, uh, limited internet access. So I guess we're okay with it. We think it's okay as long as uh, things are limited. Yeah, and it, it has to be the right situation. You know, it's not like I'm advocating for generic accounts on every device in the district. That'd be, that'd be horrible. I mean, um, honestly, I, I almost want to get to – so I inherited – uh, all students have Active Directory accounts at my district, which I'm totally fine with. I mean, all students six grade and up. But I'm I'm honestly getting close to the point where I think I could do away with that and just have the kid, uh, kids use a generic account totally, like one blank generic account for all computers, and then and then because um, I mean they almost all use Chromebooks. Yeah. So I think I could get close to where kids not having individual Active Directory logins would not change the day-to-day operations well, of the district at all. Okay, and, and to give a little bit more information, in our, in our high school, we have roughly 1,000 kids. 
I'm talking two lab, a quantity of maybe 60 computers. So, you know, Windows computers. So these kids are all one-to-one -one with Chromebooks and a very, very small subset of them are actually using Windows devices on a regular basis. So that's, that's that environment. Sounds good. All right, guys, we're just over 30 minutes. Um, any closing thoughts? Was that? Oh, <laughs> Chris, that was not me. Oh, me. we do have we do have uh, one announcement. Uh, if you're in Missouri, uh, near Park Hills, Missouri, maybe uh, on March 12th, uh, an all-day event during the day, a technology career fair and esports expo. Uh, we're going to host that at our school district. Uh, that's open to school districts only, but that's for. Uh, uh, tech departments, principals, superintendents, uh, school district decision makers, esports coaches, and sponsors, and of course students uh, are welcome to come that day to learn more about esports, to check out some companies uh, that that have technology as 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 part of them. Uh, so it's a day where you can come and go and check things out. We're going to do a Rocket League tournament as well. So you should go to uh, RidgeEvents.com to check that out. Is Josh going to get a bus down there? I don't no. Know. But I might be bringing my boss down there. Um, and I think that's definitely worth talking. Esports is definitely worth talking about in an upcoming episode. Um, I totally I agree. You, you guys are going a little bit full bore more than me. Or, well, I can't get traction. So, um, yeah, that's something we'll talk about in an upcoming episode. So Love it. All right. Thanks for listening. Shoot Hold us on. I got one more thing to say. Hold oh, on. My oh, geez. goodness. Let's put another shrimp on the ball, babe. Yeah, you, that wasn't you, so. It was. <laughs> Liar. All right. Um, give us some feedback. Shoot us an email at k12tucktalk at gmail.com. Uh, make sure you share this podcast with your teammates, your cohorts, your regional tech committees, uh, your state conferences, or your international friends like our friend Dallas in Australia. Somebody uh, from Canada, email us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah really in canada not new jersey right chris right uh, <laughs> we'll see you next time thanks for listening